This is the Havala Cunnington Podcast, and I'm Havala Cunnington. I'm really glad that we have a few minutes together today because I want to share with you something that has really helped me. Uh, I wouldn't have thought this was a huge issue in my life, but as I've gotten older, I've had more children, I have more bills, um, my body is getting older. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Um, well, seems like worry has also accompanied some of my aging. I'm not a natural worrier. I'm kind of an optimist. I am a can-do person. Uh, I'm definitely not a type A, but I like to get things done. And I like to kind of work hard, play hard. That's kind of more my style of life. And so worry hasn't been a major factor for me because, um, well, when I play hard, I don't think about work. And when I work hard, I give it my all and then I'm able to kind of shake it off for the day. So worry has been something that has is kind of a habit that I've learned to have to combat more and more in my life. Um, probably because I'm more tired, right? And because life is more intense. And I don't know anybody whose life isn't intense right now. It just seems to be how the world is. So I want to share with you my three best techniques for worry in my life that have really worked. These aren't just things that um, are good ideas. These are, these are things I put into practice a lot, like on a daily basis, and I think it will help you as well. So one thing the Holy Spirit has been really speaking to me about, about worry, is he's been saying this to me, Havala. Do not worry about tomorrow's problems. Don't worry about tomorrow's problems. You cannot solve them today. Now, I know that's not a new thought, but every time I begin to think about what I'm most worried about or most concerned about, they often are things that are happening tomorrow. They're not happening that day. They're not happening at that moment. They're happening in the future. And so the Holy Spirit has been reminding me, Havala, you only have today. And I was reminded of Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. I love the paraphrased version of the message. It says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when the time comes. And I kind of felt that way when it says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. You know, often when we're worried about tomorrow, our attention is on the next day and we don't, we're not really present. We're not really in the moment. We're not breathing in moment by moment what's happening because we're trying to solve something that we're afraid of might happen tomorrow. So it's really important that we realize that grace is for the moment. I love the quote that says, you can't wring your hands and roll up your sleeves at the same time. It, what it means is you can't sit and worry and play with your hands and get worried about life and then also get busy doing and working and preparing for, the, for tomorrow. So it's kind of the same thing. It's either we sit and worry or we roll up our sleeves and we do what we can today. So here are my best tips for worry. The first one is this. Turn your thoughts into prayers. Turn your thoughts into prayers. Now, I know that sounds really basic. But what I mean by that is when you begin to worry, listen to your thoughts, and the moment you catch yourself 
playing out scenarios in your head or worrying, worrying, worrying about what someone will do or someone will say or what your kids will turn out like and it, because you haven't fed them right or you didn't, you know, this isn't the way it should be or you don't live in the house you think you should or have the job you should or have the marriage you should, stop it. That very moment that you begin to think that, turn it into a prayer. God, I just thank you that you're going to help me know how to raise my kids. God, I thank you that you are already working on my tomorrow. God, I thank you that I may not be where I want to be, but I'm going to be I'm going to be who you've called me to be in the future because I'm putting my daily effort into it. And you just flip it around. You just use that moment and realize what should I be praying about? Pray about what you worry about. That will give you momentum. In fact, you'll have a lot more invested in it because your heart's involved and you want God to to change. You know, Philippians 4 says this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when God displaces worry at the center of your life. Oh, I love the way this is said, because what's happening is, is what the passage is reminding us is when God can displace or dethrone worry in our lives, guess what? Everything comes together and you get settled. When worry is the dominant in our life, guess what? We are worshiping worry. We're worshiping self. We're worshiping what the enemy says about our lives. But when we worship Christ, it displaces the worry in our life. It's powerful. Okay, the second thing, the second thing to displacing worry in your life is you need to ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? I know, you're already thinking about it. That's why you're worrying. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But it's true. Like, I want you to, instead of trying to not think about the worst thing, I want you to think about it. What's the worst thing? I lose my home. I lose my child. It's horrible to think about, but I, I want you to take a minute And I want you to really think about what the enemy has been holding over your head. I lose my marriage. I lose my health. I lose my life. And then you need to like call the devil on his bluff. And what I mean by that is you need to go all the way to the point of what happens if I die? Well, the Bible says if I die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which means we're going to be in a place of complete peace, complete um. Uh, glory. It's going to be the best environment we've ever, we were created to live in, heaven. So when we die, we win, which sounds horrible, but it's true. Now, again, there are two places we end up. We want to choose heaven and God, the Bible says he is the one that takes our life. So we can't take our life and choose heaven. We have to let God, you, you, you know, our time when it's time for us to go. And then he let, allows us to leave this earth. But when we are absent from this earth, then we get to be in the best place possible. So life and death right there. Secondly, uh, what happens if I lose everything? Well, what we have to do is we have to take a moment and define success. So in my life, I've had to break it down so clearly. Success is me showing up in life. That means I'm not going to stay medicated. I'm not going to stay absent. I'm not going to stay uh, at a place where I'm not showing up. I'm apathetic. I'm lazy. No, no. I'm going to show up in life. I'm going to be present for the moment. Success for me is being obedient to Christ. 
I'm going to obey what he's asked me to do. That's what success is. It's not uh, if it all's perfect or it all shows up as exactly as I hoped it would be. Success is me being obedient to Christ because I know that's the happiest place to be. Success is living as a child of God. I am a child of God. That's the truth. No one can take that away from me. I'm a daughter of God. You cannot take that from me, no matter what kind of hate you throw my way, no matter what kind of shame you shame me with, no matter what kind of guilt you try to put on me. The truth is I'm a child of God. That is my identity and no one can take that from me. It doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter what generation you're in. It doesn't matter what world you live in, whether you are sitting um, you know, in New York City at a cafe or you are a Syrian refugee. The truth is, if you are you are a son or a daughter of God, no one can take that from you, and that makes you a success, period. Um, and some things I've defined in my own life as not success is perfection is not success. Now, if I do everything that I hope to do and it looks a little perfect, praise God. If it's not perfect, praise God. That's not success. Success is not perfection. Success is not the perfect outcome. That is not success. Some people say, oh, well, it would be perfect if if it's a New York Times bestseller. It'd be perfect if you never had to work again. It'd be perfect if all your kids, you know, uh, grows up and be successful. Stop it. That is not success. Success is not a perfect outcome. Success is, again, me being obedient to Christ and showing up as a daughter of God. And success is not lacking pain or suffering. Sometimes we think success is if I can avoid suffering or pain, then I have success. Wrong. You cannot avoid pain and suffering. You cannot avoid it. But what you can avoid is being alone in it. You can choose to walk with Christ through anything that comes our way. Success uh, from not being worried in our life is to ask ourselves, what is the worst case scenario and define success? And then lastly is this. My third way that I combat worry is I use the words, I don't versus I can't. Now, I know that seems confusing, but I want you to follow me on this. There was a professor named Vanessa Patrick from the University of Houston, and she did a study. And this study was this. Those that were trying to rid themselves of a bad habit or something in their life that they didn't want to do, if they use the words, I can't, that only hindered them a little bit. But if they used the phrase, I don't, they were way more successful. In fact, what they found was if you use the words, no, it was three times more resistant than I can't. But if you use the words, I don't, it was eight times more effective, which is crazy. What that means is, is someone says, oh, I can't eat sugar. Or would you like sugar? Oh, no, I'm not going to have that. Versus I don't eat sugar. That word, that phrase, I don't, was way more empowering, eight times more than I can't, and three times more than a no. So that means instead of saying, I can't worry all the time, or no, I'm not going to think about that. That's, that's great that we're resisting, but if we say things like this over ourselves, I don't worry about tomorrow, something I don't do. I don't worry about tomorrow. I don't rehearse worst case scenarios in my head. I don't do it. And if we say it out loud, remember our mind, which I'm going to talk more about later, our mind and our thoughts versus our words are not defined on what our brain takes as truth. So what we say with our mouth, our mind takes as fact 
whether we believe it or not. That's huge. That's so significant. So I don't call my best friend when I'm worried. I don't do it. Why? Because I'm going to sit and rehash everything. So what are your I don'ts in your life? I don't get on the computer after 8 p.m. at night because I find myself worrying about what I'm going to do, what I'm going to buy, where I'm going to go, who I'm going to marry, whatever it is. I don't. What are your I don'ts in your life? And really figure that out. So to remind you very quickly, our three steps to stop worrying today is to turn your thoughts into prayers. Use it against the enemy. If he's going to cause you throw throw darts of thoughts at you that are negative, well, then turn it around and use it for praise. Secondly, ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? And really call the enemy on his bluff. Okay, let's go back from the beginning and work our way. And the third way is is to use the phrase, I don't versus I can't or no. That will keep you powerful. I hope these have helped you. Again, they're things I'm putting into practice today. Not tomorrow, today. (laughs) I know, funny, funny. Uh, I'm so glad that you listened. I always love it when you give me a few minutes of your time. And I wanna say something for all of you. The album, The War Is Over by Josh Baldwin has been my jam for the past couple weeks. It's called The War Is Over. You can pick it up on iTunes today. And um, no, I'm not a sponsor. I'm not getting any, any benefit for this. I'm just telling you, I'm loving the album. Thank you for giving me the few minutes that you have. Remember, you can always find me on truthtable.com or on social media most days, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I love you and I'll catch you next time.